attention patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I am Chris Ann Hall, and you can always find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I have great news for Liberty First University students and those of you who are not Liberty First University students. This is also great news because you can still become a Liberty First University student. We have released yet some more classes. Remember, uh, we recently released some new classes called uh, Hot Spots on the Road to Revolution. JC is teaching that class and I'm loving it. Okay, so he did all the research, he's doing all the teaching, and it is just so rich with history. And remember, Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future but by the past. So this history that JC is teaching us in the hotspots to the road uh, on the road to revolution are not just simply history lessons, but they are uh, wisdoms that we can we are supposed to be picking up that we should be picking up and learning from, so that we don't have to repeat the history of our founders. You know, I've said this so many many times and I don't think that I can repeat it too much our founders pledged their lives their fortunes and their sacred honor so that we would not have to be a kingdom again they pledged everything that they had and they said it over and over again this is this is a common quote not by one founder but just simply seeded throughout the those who talked about the hope for the new america that they were making this constitution for ages and millions yet unborn that's you and me they did what they did not so that they could have prosperity they did what they did so you and i could have liberty you know they had lived 700 years under kingdom they could have secured liberty for themselves they could have secured prosperity for themselves they could have secured uh, even a guarantee of their government for the next 20 years or so i mean that's the way their history went you hold the sword to the king's throat and you make him make promises in writing and then you hold him to it until you know the people start dropping off apathetically and go and the king starts increasing his power uh, through the disinterest of the people and the aggression the natural aggression of human nature when you call somebody a king right when you call somebody a king don't be surprised when he starts acting like one and when you call somebody a king don't be surprised when the people 
start acting like subjects. And that's an inevitability. So the greatest, the greatest gift they gave us was not simply declaring independence from the kingdom of Great Britain, but declaring independence from kings forever. Not only that, giving us the opportunity to self-govern without a sword, something they didn't have the luxury of. And so we have this, this beautiful wisdom to grow from, to, to learn from, and to, to ensure that our children have even greater liberty than we have today. See, I'm not looking to pass on America the way it is. I'm not even looking to pass on the America the way it was when I got it. I'm looking to pass on an America to my little boy who turns 13 years old today. I'm looking to pass on something better. I feel like I want to sing happy birthday to him. <laughs> my Colton. My Colton turns 13 today. I now have a teenage boy in the house. So y'all have to pray for me and JC. <laughs> but he's a super great boy. Many of you across America have met Colton. And you know what an what amazingly good child he is. And, and we are so blessed to have him as a part of our family and I just simply am so grateful that God chose him for us. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that God chose Colton for us. The things that had to happen to put Colton in this family are simply nothing less than miracle. I know many of you have heard that story. Maybe one day I'll tell that story, but that's, that's not today. But I want to say happy birthday on the air to my baby. And yes, he will always be my baby. My little Colton, who is now taller than me and bigger than me and wears a size 11 men's shoe at age 13. So I'm sure the growing is not going to stop and I'm just going to get shorter and he's just going to get taller. It's funny because he says to me, hey, mom, have I told you today how short you are? <laughs> He thinks that's the greatest thing. But we are, uh, I'm, I got off track, tangent, right? So we have a brand new course just released on Thursday. Uh, it's a new series of courses called Learning from Current Events. And we're going to be learning the Constitution from current events. And this is going to be an ongoing series. So when we find things in current events, like we do right here on the show, I'm going to be taking those lessons and converting them into Real, in-depth constitutional training. And so our first course in the series of learning the Constitution from current events is declaring national emergency. Does that power exist constitutionally? If it exists constitutionally, where does it exist? Does it exist in the hands of the executive, in the hands of the legislative, or in the judiciary? Where does it exist? Not based on what the Supreme Court says, not based on what uh, some congressman thinks that they can surmise, or, or even some law professor in pooling their ignorance. No, when you want to know, can the president do can Congress do? What is the authority of the judiciary? You don't run to the experts and the pundits. You go to the source of that power, the Constitution 
and the people who ratified it. The writers and the ratifiers of the Constitution, even James Madison said, even more relevant to those who, re who wrote the Constitution are those who ratified the Constitution. And they wrote reams and reams about what they meant. And there should be absolutely no confusion whatsoever as to what the Constitution means. We should need very, very little help from the Supreme Court itself because those who wrote and ratified the Constitution were very explicit as to what the Constitution not only meant, but what it does not mean. So we're going to, in this learning the Constitution from current events, we're going to be learning about, this time around, uh, declaring national emergency. It's up right now at Liberty First University. If you're not a student, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. And you can sign up and become a student. Remember, there's a reduced late rate if you have uh, college, high school, middle school students in your home. I don't care what age they are. If you are a student registered to a school, then you have a reduced rate. And we also have group rates. So you can join, you can create your own constitutional study group. You know, like we have Bible study groups. You can have a constitutional study group. And this will help you not only become educated, but become activated and engaged. Remember, knowledge is not power unless it is activated. And so uh, I wanted to let you know how you can meet up with us as we tour down the road. But I think we'll do that in the next segment. Right now, I want to talk about my congressman. And you should be watching what your congressman is doing. You know, if your congressman is posting on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, follow them. Follow them because these are the opportunities for learning experience. These are the opportunities that you have to self-govern. When your congressman is posting what they're doing, why they're doing it, you can know right then and there if you agree with them, if you don't agree with them, more relevantly, to use James Madison's terms, more relevantly, you can know, do they agree with the Constitution? Constitution. That's the most important qualifier. Do they contradict the Constitution? Are they operating contrary to the tenor in which the power was delegated, to steal Alexander Hamilton's words there? And so my congressman in uh, the U.S. Congress is Neil Dunn, who, a former doctor. So if you go to Facebook page, you can see Congressman Neil Dunn, uh, comma, MD. That's who he is. And he makes a post with a C-SPAN clip of, of a presentation that he gave on the House floor. And in his post, he says, it's been nearly six months since Hurricane Michael made landfall. Today, I spoke on the House floor to advocate for much-needed relief funding. Yes, that's my representative. Now, my representative does not represent his oath well in his argument before the House of Representatives, and he does not represent the Constitution well in this argument before the House of Representatives. Therefore, he does not represent me well, okay? So what I've done, now what's interesting is I'm not very happy about this, but my congressman will not let me tag him in Facebook posts. Now, I can tag him in Twitter posts, 
but he won't let me tag him in Facebook posts, and that's very, very disturbing to me. So anybody who knows Neil Dunn or who is working for Neil Dunn listening to this show, let him know that this is a bad, bad juju for representatives. You've got to let people tag you because that's how they communicate with you on social media. And so I respond to Congressman Neil Dunn. Now, let me show you. I not only posted on Facebook two pages, right? My personal page, I posted on my professional page. I also posted on Twitter and I posted on LinkedIn and Instagram the very same post. See, if it's worth posting once, it's worth posting a hundred times. And this is what's important. Keep going. I'm going to keep asking this question. I'm going to keep posting this question until Mr. Dunn responds to me and tells, gives me the answer uh, to my question, even if it's not the answer I'm looking for. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. And I'm sharing with you a communication that I have made with my representative, Neil Dunn. And I want and I want you to know that we've that I've posted it on on Facebook, two of my Facebook pages. I've posted it on Twitter, I've posted on LinkedIn, I've posted it on Instagram. And come Monday, I will be calling his office and asking this question. I will be sending an email. Okay, because remember, self-governance means activation in the lives and the decisions of your representative. And so Neil Dunn, just as a reminder for those of you joining us uh, who've been with us and, and maybe some of you are joining us now on the air. Neil Dunn is my U.S. congressman, and he has made a Facebook post in which he said it's been nearly six months since Hurricane Michael made landfall. Today, uh, I spoke on the House floor to advocate for much-needed relief funding. Now, this was actually posted last week, and I'm sharing with you my post. And it says, Congressman, this is my post to Neil Dunn on all of those platforms. I will be calling him and emailing him as well. Congressman Dunn, please show me where in the Constitution the federal government has the authority to hand out charity to the states. Check out what these famous three famous congressmen said about authorizing that unconstitutional authority. Are you also advocating for the inevitable consequences a constituent wants to know. And then I posted my article on how government charity is not only unconstitutional, it is unlawful. 
Now, I'm doing this because, you know, we post all the time on Facebook. We post all the time on Twitter. We have this show, The Daily Journal. We have it every week. And inevitably, we're on YouTube as well. And inevitably, somebody comes along or or multiple somebodies come along and say, Chrisanne, all you do is complain. You never show us the solutions. Well, guess what? Today's show is all about showing solutions. And I want you to help me, okay? Those of you who are longtime listeners who know what's going on, if you follow, uh, when you follow us on on uh, YouTube and on Twitter and on Instagram, and you see people make these comments about, oh, Chris Ann, what about the solutions? We're we're tired of people always telling us what's wrong. What are the solutions? Help me out, okay? You can repost shows like this one today. You can uh, go to the website and share the articles like I have with my congressman here on um, government charity, why it's unconstitutional, why it's unlawful. And, how, and, and this also helps you, right? Share these things. We, you know, we, don't, we don't do this to get rich. We're not making any money off of this. We don't have big-time sponsors on the radio show. Uh, we are not getting money for advertisement from anybody. Uh, be, well, I won't get into that. But we don't get advertisement from anybody. Because I, I just, I want you guys to know that what we're doing, we're doing so that you can share and you can educate. Remember, education is not the end goal. It's just the beginning. We must get activated and we must get activated together. That's why ChrisAnnHall.com exists. That's why Liberty First University exists. That's why this radio show exists. That's why we're on YouTube. We're on as many forums as we can possibly facilitate with the limited time and in, in, in what we have, right? So, um, send this, keep, keep up with what your congressmen are doing. Keep up with what they're saying and give them your response. Don't just simply respond to me. Respond to your congressman as well. Now, as promised, as far as our solutions are concerned here, part of our solutions are always geared towards education as we travel around the country. You know, JC and I just finished teaching in uh, Colorado and California. We are only home for two days. Then we're back on the road. We actually fly out to Wisconsin tomorrow. Sunday, JC will be teaching uh, in Sunday morning. I will be teaching Sunday evening in um, Unalaska. I'm going to say this the way it looks. Unalaska, Wisconsin. So Sunday, April 7th at the River of Life Church in Unalaska, Wisconsin. Starting at 10 a.m., JC is going to be teaching. And then again, at 6.30 p.m., I will be teaching. You don't want to miss these classes if you're anywhere in driving range from Unalaska, Wisconsin. I mean, we're driving from Minneapolis, so we want to meet you there. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. 
K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So I just want to share with you before we uh, move on, uh, again, we will be September, I'm sorry, September, <laughs> April 7th uh, in Onalaska, Wisconsin at the R- River of Life Church. We will, I will be teaching my state sovereignty class the solution, one of the the biggest solution classes, all my classes contain solutions to the federal problems. I mean, that there would be no use in me giving any kind of lesson if there was no solution to be offered, right? So that's what everything has a solution. But this state sovereignty class is completely, completely all about identifying the right problems, asking the right questions, and giving the right solutions. And so the state sovereignty will be in um, Grand Forks, North Dakota on Wednesday, April 10th. So Wisconsin on the 7th, we're moving to North Dakota on the 10th. So Grand Grand Forks, North Dakota at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday, April 10th. Then Wednesday, April 11th, we'll be in Williston, North Dakota, teaching the history of the Constitution. And then Friday, April 12th, I will be in North Dakota teaching the legislators of North Dakota while in session. That's so, I love doing this. We're going to be talking about the constitutional role of the state and local government. And then Saturday, April 13th, I will be teaching a five-hour workshop in Bismarck, North Dakota. Look, it's five hours. It it is a six-hour workshop with five hours of teaching. You need, this is, this is a whole co- a convention day of nothing but Liberty First teaching. If you can drive two hours to be there, I promise you it will be worth your while. If you are skeptical, right, if you're skeptical, then I challenge you to come to the first hour. The first hour there in Bismarck, North Dakota of our six-hour constitutional training because I had somebody do that. I, I always give that challenge. Come to the first hour and then see what you think. And I, was, uh, I had given this challenge over the air one time. And uh, they, we give a break between every section. And I was walking out to the car. And there was a guy sitting in the lobby on the phone talking to his wife. And I overheard him say, I know, honey. I know I said I'd be home after an hour. But I just can't leave. And as a matter of fact, please come. If you can just, uh, it will be worth it. And so that's that testimonial that I want to give to you. And I want to tell you that it is absolutely worth it. Now, as part of our, my, my solutions class today, uh, I'm always telling people, if you, if you really want to know the solutions, you need to read my book, Sovereign Duty. And so that's what I'm going to be doing uh, for the first half of today is I'm going to be going over pieces of the Sovereign Duty book because this really, really is the handbook to teaching uh, the solutions that our founders put in place. And I just want to show you, I know if you're watching on YouTube, my, my, uh, my c- camera doesn't like it when I flash up here. The, you know, it changes all the color in that background. But I want you to see the whole back of this book is citations, okay? So everything that I give you in this book, every quote, 
every document. I cite in the back the original source text from where it comes. So my citations are original source text. I give a literal, literally, using that word literally properly, I literally give you all my research. Why? Because this is what those who ratified the Constitution, those who wrote the Constitution wanted us to know. I want you to know it. Because I can't change the world by myself. I can't change this out-of-control, bloated federal government with a nationally syndicated radio show no matter how many days I'm never at home and how many times JC and I are teaching across the country. We are two people. We cannot do this by ourselves. So I give you all my research because I need you to know everything that I know. I need you to be empowered by this. So that you two will be just as inspired as we are by how this works. So I want to start off with Sovereign Duty. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a beautiful poem in the beginning. And I want to share it with you. It says, it started as a whisper, like a soft and subtle breeze. A rustling of some branches, the fluttering of leaves. Many barely noticed, swiftly went on about their day, tending to their business, hustling on their way. And when the remnant heard the distant words, they felt the warm wind blow. They paused and stopped and looked around, for far too few would know. The message, piercing and bittersweet, lingered heavy in the air. But the whisper only calls on those who really care to hear. The whisper was a warning, pleading with all of man. Liberty is your gift from God and tyrannies at hand. Then the whisper traveled like a rushing wind, growing stronger every day until many had heard the whisper and what it had to say. It called on man to take a stand Whatever be their fate, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We will not live as slaves. The subtle breeze, the warm wind blow, the rushing new day wind. It is a force that stays the course if we but trust in him. Liberty can't end here, it can't end now, though the final hour is near. We have the chance the circumstance to make our voices clear. We reject a revolution. We don't want violent change. We only want our constitution, though we will not bow in chains. This is an inspiration for me, written by a friend of mine named Judy, and that's why I put it in this book. Nothing better embodies the inspiration of what is in the following pages. That's why we're liberty first. Because it is a gift from God and we have an obligation to secure that gift for future generations. Samuel Adams said, and I'm sorry, John Adams said, liberty must at all hazards be supported. We have a right to it derived from our maker. But if we had not, 
Our fathers have purchased, for, purchased it for us at the expense of their ease, their estates, their pleasure, and their blood. John Adams wrote that in 1765, at the beginning of the liberty movement. The committees of correspondence in 1765 will be less than a year old. James Otis Jr.'s battle before the courts to secure the rights and the liberties of the people, just four years past now. And we as an, a people who have inherited this great gift, not only from our maker, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. But our fathers as well have bought and purchased it for us with their ease, their estates, their pleasure, and their blood. See, for me, I not only owe this to my son, but I owe this to those who came before. John Adams wrote a letter to his wife, Abigail, in 1777 to remind us of the charge that they have given us. He says, posterity, you will never know how much it cost the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. For if you do not, I shall repent in heaven that I ever took half the pains to reserve it. Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future but by the past. They have not only given us a, a future, but they've laid down the, the precedent of history for us to learn from. Now, I'm not trying to give our founders any kind of, of elevation to level of deity. Now, I'm going to tell you they're smart, and I'm going to tell you some of them were genius level, but they were not infallible. They were not perfect, but they had a wisdom and they had a dedication to the gifts of liberty, not just simply for themselves, but for us as well, ages and millions yet unborn. Consider these words by Alexander Hamilton. Equal pains have been taken to deprave the morals as to extinguish the religion of the country of France. If indeed morality in a community can be separated from religion, the pious and morals, moral weep over these uh, scenes as a sepulcher destined to entomb all they revere or esteem. The politician who loves liberty sees them with, with regret as a gulf that may swallow up the liberty to which he is devoted. He knows that morality overthrown and morality must fall with religion. The terrors of despotism can alone curb the impetuous, petua, the impetuous passions of man and confine him within the boundaries of social duty. You see, our founders knew that liberty and freedom are not synonymous. We have been given the gift of freedom. We are free to do whatever we want. We are free to lie. We are free to steal. We are free to murder. You have to admit, I am free to make those choices. 
But we do not have an America built on freedom alone. That's why our founders said liberty must at all hazards be supported. Because liberty and freedom are not the same thing. Liberty, little mathematical equation for you, liberty equals freedom plus morality. It is that that societal understanding that I am free to do whatever I want, but there are some things I will not do because they are wrong. We decide as a society to treat others as we would love to be treated ourselves. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment of the first hour on the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, you're seeing our Liberty First gear, the t-shirt that we have that explains exactly what I just told you about. Freedom plus morality equals liberty. And there is a great Thomas Jefferson quote that goes along with this. Now let this, let me be clear about something because I don't want there to be any mistake. I am not advocating for a theocracy. I am absolutely convinced, and so should you, through history, through human nature, that religion in the hands of government is a theocracy and is always tyranny. I am not talking about government-dictated theocracy, religion, and I am not talking about morality police like in Sharia law. Do not misuse my words. Do not misquote me and say that Chris Ann is advocating for government-enforced religion. I am not because part of that freedom plus morality, which equals liberty, declares to me that every person in America must be free to worship according to the dictates of their conscience, which also means that they have the liberty to not worship at all. Because when you put religion, enforcement of religion in the hands of government, liberty is lost completely, completely. Because when you are not the one who can dictate your own thoughts, when you are not free to speak, when you are not free to think, when you walk down the street and you're beaten for for not obeying the morality laws, then you are not a free person. What's even worse, when government can dictate what you can and cannot believe by the color of law and the force of government, you will enslave yourself. There will be an invisible chain that you will put on yourself to keep yourself alive and free from oppression. These invisible chains, the worst form of slavery ever, can overcome us so quickly Because we 
are not grounded in the principles of liberty. I don't have this, this quote with me at the moment, but Thomas Paine quotes it. You can look it up on, uh, on your search engine. Just simply search Thomas Paine, Avidity to Punish. And Thomas Paine gives an amazing insight in human nature and the wisdom of history. And he says this avidity to punish, a passion for punishment, will cause men to take even the best laws and warp them out of proportion. He says if we are to have our liberty secure, then we must secure even the liberties of our enemy. For the laws that you create to punish your enemy will be the laws that will be enforced against you. Which is why government preferred religion is tyranny. Why government enforced religion is tyranny as well. What is the solution? The solution is liberty first. That's why our motto is liberty first. Not because liberty is above everything else. Liberty is not above God. Liberty is a gift from God. It doesn't mean liberty first above God. It means liberty first principles are what we fight for. Liberty first principles above security, above personality, above comfort, above prosperity, above everything political parties and so today that's why we are going through this book sovereign duty and the richness of the information that i have just given you we haven't even gotten to chapter one yet we have not even got to chapter one when we come back we're going to go through this i'm going to tell you right now we cover uh the state sovereignty the uh, constitutional sheriff, an Article 5 convention. We cover the right to keep and bear arms, the right to be secure in your property, the right to resist tyrannical government, the purpose and the hope for the future of America. And we will be back. <laughs>